grace, God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures Yay, welcome everybody um, to this version of uh, Walking in the Spirit. We are going to do <coughs> uh, something I think kind of fun this semester. I think it's fun. Um, and so we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, but um, let me see. We need to pass around. If you want oh, to sorry. get... Hey. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. If you want to get... Um, emails with handouts or whatever um, sign up on the email list and we'll we try to send some stuff out ahead of time and certainly afterwards we'll send out anything that was displayed up here I have to have PowerPoint or I forget everything um, Jen told me this morning I don't like PowerPoint because it distracts me from everything so we're gonna <laughs> so we're th this this is gonna be fun class um, I would like um, uh, you to know that there's four people who are really going to be um, doing this class together and I think you know uh, Mike and Jeannie so Mike is in the back and uh, so he keeps me straight so it took like the head of the elders to, to keep an eye on me which and then Jeannie keeps Mike straight so that that's uh, and Jen keeps us all straight um, and I think you know me pretty well and you, you know Mike and Jeannie so so Mike and Jeannie's role, and Jeannie in particular, are going to be, every week they're going to say, how you doing? Because some of the stuff we're going to cover might be new to you. You might go, okay, now, I have some questions about that from my tradition. So, and then Jeannie will be doing some teaching as well. But, but uh, so their role is, is we, taught, we were sitting over lunch talking about this and said, you know, it's always good to check in with people and say, how are you doing from last week? Or we're going to do some exercises. This is going to be a lot of do and then teach hands-on stuff. We promise we won't embarrass any of you on purpose. Um, and, uh, but I want Jen to introduce herself because um, she is my co-author and longtime friend. So, Jen. Good morning. I'm Jen. And um, my family, we just moved back to Nashville at the end of August. Um, my husband just finished his time in the Air Force and we came from San Antonio. We were here a little over 20 years ago, we are Belmont grads, so sorry if that doesn't land well in this room. But my kids, all four kids are at Lipscomb Academy, and like I told some of you, they drank the Kool-Aid and they've decided they want to go to college there. So lots of freedom prayer between now and graduation to get them back to Belmont. Um, we went to Belmont, and from Belmont, um, I was a music ed major, my husband was a biology major. We went to the University of Louisville, where he did medical school. And I did a master's in interdisciplinary fine art therapy. So if the talk of the Holy Spirit gets a little overwhelming, I can get Play-Doh and instruments and we can work out all of our feelings. So from there, we hopped all the way around the country. But the constant thing in those 20 years before we came back here, um, two things. We did a lot of work with college students and then professionals, leading small groups and discipling and mentoring. And we were involved in some form or fashion with Freedom Prayer Ministry, which Andy will talk about that in a little bit. There's 20 years. And in the last six years, 
We led a team of 50 people and a freedom prayer team in San Antonio and trained various churches in the city. So I'm really glad to be back in Nashville and really honored to be in this room with lifelong friends and new friends and new friends along the way. And what's the rest of your name? Jennifer Rebecca Barnett. Barnett. So, yeah, if you go to St. Thomas and ask for Dr. Barnett, the smiling young guy will come out and you go, okay, so where's Dr. Barnett? Because, yeah, he still looks like he's in college. Okay, well, you might not know this one because of his specialty, which we don't need to go into. But Yeah, we're, we're just, yeah, no, we met... Uh, I met Jen and Corey before they're married in college, and we did a lot of hanging out together in those years, and uh, I'm so pleased to have her back. Um, so um, there has been some talk of a book, so I'm just, I'm going to just pass some around. Hey, and you can look at here, just kind of take a look. You can keep it. Um, you don't need the book for the, here, just kind of pass some around. Um, so you don't need it at all um, for what this, uh, for what we're going to be doing, and I'm, I'm going to get into in a minute what we are going to be doing. Um, it would be so helpful, and it's, it's out there, it's in a lot of different places. We just heard last month somebody's translating into Romanian, so it's fun. I was in Texas, I'm an engineer by trade, and I was down there for an interview for a project with Fort Worth, and so the, the water and sewer director and a president of a company from Fort Worth, and we're standing around ready to go in for the interview, and they say, hey, would you sign your book? Now, I wrote a textbook on what I do, and I go, really, you want me to sign a textbook? And they, they both pulled out Freedom Tools and said, no, brother, this book, our Sunday school classes are using this. And so it's like, really, a Baptist Sunday school? Awesome. So, so it's gone a lot of places. Um, uh, you might, from this tradition, recognize Max Licato. He His church has used it and, and loves it, and he said, I will write an endorsement gladly for it. So it's gone a lot of places. Um, if you want one, if you have $10, great, but if you don't have $10, special offer for free. You just take one with you. Can't beat that offer, so feel free to grab one. And we will be referring to some things in there, but not we're not going to be like, turn to page XYZ of the book. It is. Yep, it's available for Kindle. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah, you can get it lots of different places. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, there's also a website. So, so some years ago, we started a nonprofit because there's so many people saying, hey, we want to do this in our church or blah, blah. And so um, if you want to check up on us, you can go to freedomprayer.org. There's also a YouTube channel. And honestly, the URL is like, three lines across, you know, all those weird numbers. So if you just Google Freedom Prayer on YouTube, you'll find it. And there's lots of free stuff on there, videos and lots of free downloads and a couple of things. I think we sell like three things on there and everything else is free. But anyway, so enough commercial plug. Um, we are going to talk about a specific way that Holy Spirit works with us in our lives. And, and we know from you know, from all the years this Spirit Life class has been going, certainly last uh, semester, we talked about some roles of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was going to do this really kind of go back to the Greek, sorry, teaching. I was in the shower, and, and it's like, like I felt like Holy Spirit, like, like a mother who's bragging about her kids. Like, oh, oh, now tell them this. Oh, you got to tell them this. I'm like, it's like get out of the shower and write stuff down. It's just like, oh my gosh. Um, Holy Spirit is like this, this intense lover 
this, it's like the mother who just cannot stop bragging about her child. You know, just anyone who listen and anyone who won't listen. And so, um, so Jesus tells us a lot about the Holy Spirit. And he says, look, if we don't have the Spirit, we're born of the Spirit. That's, that's what being born again is, is the Spirit, God comes into us and we're born again. And this is sort of review, so I'm going to go quicker than I normally go, but I'm always accused in the South of talking like a Yankee on drugs. So I, w- I will try to slow down a little bit. Um, Jesus said, look, um, anyone who's born again, out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. And says, by this he spoke of the Spirit, who they were to receive. The Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so there is this, there is this flow that comes out of the innermost part of us. And we can, we can, we talked last time, we can dip into that flow anytime we want. When we learn to honor the flow of the Spirit, you can be, you can be standing in a grocery store and, and, and turn slightly inward and honor the flow of the Spirit. And, and Holy Spirit might say, talk to the cash register one. You, you might get a sense of, of greet this person or don't forget the cornflakes. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's like I have a best friend who doesn't nag but, but loves to interact with me all the time. That's the, the, the thing that makes us different than the world isn't our doctrine, it's not even our beliefs, but it's that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're new creations, we're strangers and aliens on this earth because I'm primarily now a spirit being and I have a soul and I live in a body and we're the only kind who can say that. And so what does that mean? That, that, that means lots of different things. So one of the things is, is that there is a flow that comes out of me at all times, and I can learn to honor that flow. And, and I could tell you hundreds of business stories where Holy Spirit, and look, if my mother were sitting next to me at a business meeting and she knew something I needed to know, you think she wouldn't tell me? Come on. And so, and so I have had, suddenly got an insight into a, a client and I say something, they go, well, I mean, how did you know that? You know, it's like, well, I could tell him, but that might be a little strange. And Holy Spirit doesn't need credit, right? Mom kind of wants you to get credit. So anyway, so there's lots of fun, gentle and comforting and helping. The other one word for the Holy Spirit is paraclete. Para, come alongside, kaleo, to call, to call encouragement to us. Um, gentle, not pushy, not strike with lightning, not judging, but always gentle always forgiving. Um, It says here, the Holy Spirit will make known to us what is to come. He will make my words known to you. So those are two things that that are sort of together. So so I'm I'm sitting and and looking in the Word and I just go, huh. And and then Holy Spirit goes with some commentary because this Word is is authored by Him, is authored by Holy Spirit. And so why wouldn't there be commentary? Right? Why, why wouldn't, see, I, my, my relationship is primarily with the person of God who has given us the word. Remember Jesus said, said, to the, the, said to the Pharisees, you search the scripture thinking in them you have eternal life, but why won't you come to me so that you can really have eternal life? Life with a person rather than, not rather than, and relationship with the word, but, but the two are together, spirit and word, spirit and word. Okay. Um, 
He works inside of me to free and transform us. I'm going to come right back to that. He leads us and helps us to know and to value things. To, to, it says the Holy Spirit teaches us what is valuable, to know things. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. So there are gifts of the Holy Spirit and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Last time we just plunged right into what what is New Testament prophecy look like and what is the word of knowledge and that weird tongues thing. And so we had a, a neuro professor uh, recording talk to us about brain scans when people speak in tongues and what does that look like and there really is something interesting going on there and all that and then Galatians says um, and Romans says that that we sometimes feel like orphans we sometimes feel a little a little disenfranchised and it says God comes to the the one thing the Holy Spirit cries out remember what it says in Galatians Romans and the Holy Spirit cries out in our hearts what Abba Father that's like if the Holy Spirit would say anything to us, it's like, he's dad. He's dad. He's papa. You can kick the door open, run in, jump in his lap, and he's not going to say, wait, I'm too busy with China. Okay? He's, he's not going to say it. I used to think the Holy Spirit, no, Holy Spirit said, no stupid, not like that. Right? Because I kind of grew up with that, with sort of this perfectionist, you know, well, you got almost all A's. What happened to, you know, it's like, oh, come on, you know, what about the other A's? And so, um, but the one thing Holy Spirit cries out is Abba, is, is I want you, you know, can you see God the Father giving noogies? I mean, can, you know, it's just like, can, can I see God the Father saying to me, call me Pops. It's okay with me. I know you're not being disrespectful. In fact, I want you so intimate that that feels respectful, that, that, that you're comfortable close to me like that. So there's all these roles. Now there's another one Jen mentioned that I'm going to just ask her to, to talk about here too. So I, I love all of these roles and these roles are imperative to, to just becoming the people that God made us to be. But I think, in my opinion... Mike, Mike is... And I have to stand next to you so they can hear you in the okay. mic. Okay. So in my opinion, the most important role of the Holy Spirit would be if you look at all the crazy looking things that happened in Acts, I, I like to look at what was the fruit of that. People got saved. And so if we're walking by the Spirit of God, we should see people coming to know Jesus. Because all of this is great and we need it, but if it just stayed internal, something's really lacking and it wouldn't line up with the rest of the Bible to go, to, to bring others in. So if we are people who walk by the Spirit, we should see other people walking by the Spirit as well. And the Holy Spirit should prompt us, not out of a religiosity or a formula, but the litmus test I give myself, and I'll be really transparent, I have no reason not to be, the litmus test I give myself is, well, when was the last time I actually walked someone A to B, here is the gospel, and it was a Spirit-led thing. I should be looking, not out of a checklist, not out of a formula, that I should be motivated by that comforter, the one who leads us and helps us and who makes me know that I am not an orphan. The Holy Spirit is given as a seal. It's a seal of our adoption for the glory of God on display. So I, it's a litmus test for me. I ask myself, when was the last time I did it? It was three months ago for me, and I'll probably tell that story later. And it was a completely spirit-prompted thing because I asked the spirit, I said, I want to abide. Show me what that looks like today. 
10 minutes later, there it was. And so if we're gonna be a people on mission, which I think we all want to do that, it's necessary, that's the most important role. It's an outward thing once the inward thing is lined up. And I'm done. Good, thanks, thanks. Um, so what is this class about? So there, there are many things, and, and so the, the Spirit Life class has touched on tons of different things. And so we're going to focus on one particular thing. And so I, I know some of you might want to go to the Romans class, so I'm going to cover that whole class here in 30 seconds, and then we can get, <laughs> get back to this, this class. Um, so what is this class about? So if we look at the book of Romans, chapter by chapter, it starts out like this. The world is a mess. Don't gloat, so are you. That's chapter two, <laughs> right? Don't, don't get smart, you're a mess too. And then we start into what God has done. And so I'm going to put it in terms that we can maybe relate to, which is um, I'm broke, I can't pay my monthly note, the mafia is after me because of a bad deal, the law's after me, and I think I'm going crazy and there's nobody to help me. You know, that, that's, that's like our spiritual condition. And so chapter three says, God paid off your past debt. Everything that you owed, God paid for. Chapter 5, and so 4 is about Abraham saying, look, it's always been by faith. Okay? Then chapter 5 says, look, God also pays your monthly note. So, so it's not like, I know God forgave me, but I, I messed up yesterday. And God goes, you think when you were the worst crud you could be, I forgave that, I can't forgive this thing? Come on. The, the fact that your heart hurts and wants to not do this is evidence you're my child. It's not... Sin isn't evidence you're not my child. The, the, the sense of wanting forgiveness, wanting to be close to me, is evidence you are my child. Sin isn't unimportant. It's so important, I took care of it. Right? It's like paying off your college, you know, getting you to college isn't unimportant. It's so important, I decided to cover the cost of your college for you. Right? And so that's what this thing about sin is. So that is, I pay your monthly note. So God says, look, I pay your monthly note too. Um, he puts you in the witness protection program. Romans 6 says, I, you died. Right? Sin wasn't going anywhere. The mafia wasn't going anywhere. Satan wasn't going anywhere. So, so I killed you. You look dead to sin. You look dead to Satan. When Satan comes, you go, the guy's in the coffin. If you can get a rise out of him, have at it. You know, it's, it's like, right? It says God killed us and then resurrected me. But sin, that old nature, has been crucified. Okay, so, so Romans 6 says that. Uh, Romans 7a says the law can't find you either, right? I didn't put you in the witness protection program, but the law is still after you. The law can't find you either, right? Romans 7 portrays me as a, as a wife and the law as this really perfect husband who lets me know it, right? And it's like, I just can't please him. It's killing me. And you want to kill the husband. And Paul does this little funny twist. He goes... Well, if the husband dies, you're free, but you died, so you're still free, right? It just took one death, and so I'm not only free from Satan and from sin, I'm free from the law. I'm free from the demands of the law, but still, in, but still we might go, I'm not free from myself. I, I still feel like a crud. I do, Paul goes, I do the things I don't want to do. Why do I do what I don't want to do? A wicked man that I am, and so then he does this really strange thing. He says, so Romans 7b says, you're no longer the problem. It's not you. When I separated you, there's me and not me. And if you read Romans 7 carefully and put me and not me, he says, I find myself doing the things that 
not me doesn't want to do. But if I do the things that I don't want to do, then I'm not the one doing them, but sin that dwells in me. I find this principle then, that sin dwells in the one who doesn't want to sin. And then we go into Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation. Right? And so, so we're getting there. We're almost there to where we are going to be. So Romans 8a says, so you're not condemned. See, so I started out with the world and I were condemned, and God took care of old debt, monthly debt, sin, the law, my internal struggle about being a crud, and now I'm not condemned. And so Romans 8 is really, really good news for us. And the question then comes, now how do we go about applying the finished work of Christ, called justification, to the unfinished work of Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? The taking the finished work of Christ and applying it to the unfinished work of sanctification. And that's where Romans 8 kicks in with some really um, great things, and I'm, I'm going to jump to it in a minute, but, but here, is, here is kind of Paul talking about it in this way. He says, look, he who began a good work in you, he'll perfect it, right? So, so while I'm still sinning, Jesus says, look, I don't have any other kind but knuckleheads to use. So the fact that you sin isn't a problem. The fact that you think it's a problem is a problem. But I'm going to be working with you, and while we're yet sinners, I'm still going to use you. Okay? In fact, sometimes the fact that you are a sinner and people know it, but yet God uses you, is the very thing that draws them to me, because they know they're sinners too. Right? Um, throw, throw out the encumbrances and sin that entangles us, run with endurance. So Jesus is the author and the per perfecter of our faith. You're a rough draft, but he's working on different chapters. Okay, He began a good work. He'll complete it. And so there's this, we're in this process of a partnership process with God to become perfected. And so until I am Jesus, there's always something in me that God is working on. There's always something where, just ask your wife, you're not sure what that thing might be at the moment, but, um, or husband, uh, but there's always something that God is working on in me, okay? Because, but if he worked on everything that needed to be worked on the day we got saved, we would give up. I mean, it would, you just go, oh, man. And so it's like me going out into my garden. I, rabbits and I have come up with a deal. If I only plant tomatoes, they won't eat them. So, so I have tomatoes, and, and I only pick the tomatoes that are ripe. Unless I'm doing fried green tomatoes, right? So I only pick the tomatoes that are ripe. And in the same way, God only deals with stuff in our life that's ripe, that's ready for being dealt with. And so the way that he does that, Paul says, is like this. So look at this verse. Hmm. Well, can you see it okay? Some of you can, some of you not. Jesus died so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in the us who do not walk according to the flesh, but after the spirit. Those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who are according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And so, so here I am, I have a mind, and I can set it on sin, the flesh, failure, and it leads to death. And, and death is this term that 
doesn't always mean physical death. It, it means I die inside in a way. But it says you can turn and set your mind on the Spirit, and here they're interpreting that with a capital S, on the Holy Spirit, but on the Spirit side of me, the born-again side of me, in which the Holy Spirit dwells. And if I set my mind on that, then the sanctification process, being led by the Spirit, follows that path of he who began a good work in me. He'll perfect it. I'm, I'm on the track. I'm following the trajectory of God toward perfection. And the way that I do that is I, I learn to turn and set my mind on what the Holy Spirit is doing. Holy Spirit, what are you doing inside of me now? What are you doing? So, so here's an example from my own life. So I'm sitting on the front porch with my wife. Um, Looked up. Okay. So I was sitting there, and, and my youngest son, this is some years ago, my youngest son, who uh, was a musician, you know, that the youngest child thing. And so he was supposed to have mowed the lawn and done some things, and he said, Dad, can I use the car? And I'm like, you know, look at the lawn. The lawn's not mowed. And he goes, Dad, come on. You know, I'm just, you know, it does that kind of thing, right? You know, that thing. Uh, and um, I'm like, sorry. You know, I'm like, we're going to draw this line. I'm going to grow you up, boy. You know, and so it's like, no, no lawn, no car. But dad, you know, I, I, look, I'm all, no, it's got to be done. Fine, fine. Well, you need to do what you say. You need to, oh, fine, fine. Door slams. I'm like, why do I feel so bad? You know, it's just like, why do I feel so bad? And so I'm sitting there and it's dead quiet. And my wife looks over to me and she says, so? And for us, code language is, so, would you and the Holy Spirit and me, Holy Spirit in stereo, like to deal with that, or do you want to just live with that? Do you want to turn and set your mind on the Spirit and say, what's going on? Or do you just want to support your defense of your behavior against your son? And I have been around long enough to know that this never works. It never ends up well with me, and I always have to go back to this, and then it's harder because I'm pretty far in here. And so, so I just stop, and I, and I, I turn, and I, and I really, I just ask a question. And so uh, earlier in Romans, it says, Jesus, we can pray to Jesus. We can, you know, all of the Godhead lives as us. And so I can visualize Jesus. I say, so Jesus... What, and I just get wuh, you know, just the wuh, because his answers are like there. And my question in my heart was, what was that? And immediately, oh, I'm going to cry. Immediately, I hear, it's not about your son, it's about you. Now, you probably already all know that, but, but I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was just, you know, I was channeling my dad, and, you know, you need strict and all that. And he says, it's about you. And I go, what, what is it about me? And I immediately know on the inside, it's about, don't you dare, it's about that I'm feeling insecure as a dad because I was raised in kind of an alcoholic environment and really strict and, you know, we punish first and, you know, I'll give you something if you don't get A's, you know, kind of one of those kind of environments. And so, and so I felt like I don't know how to be a dad and here is this kid who seems like he's going awry it's like, he didn't rob a bank, <laughs> he didn't mow the lawn, goodness sakes. But, and, and so it was about me. And so I just say, so I go, okay, what should I do about this? And so my wife helps me a little bit and I say, Lord, I, I renounce the lie 
that I can't be a good dad. I renounce the lie that I don't know how to be a good dad. That's a lie. I, I believe, I didn't know I believed that lie. I didn't know I, I but, but it's, it, was, it was like when it, when it became crystal clear, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's exactly what I'm believing. And so I said, I renounce that lie, Lord, I renounce that lie. And, and can I give the pain to you? See, it's always an exchange. Can, Jesus, can I give that pain to you? Can I give the lie to you? And it's like, yeah. You know, it's like, heck yeah. You know, it's like, heck yeah. And, and so I go, what's true? Right? Because it's always an exchange. We always get something better back from him. And I said, and now I'm like 30 seconds into it. And I said, Jesus, what's true? And immediately this overwhelming sense of Abba, this overwhelming sense of you have a different father. And because you have a different father living in you, you can be a different father. It was just like, it was like this, just this, just as, that, so that was that, that river at high tide, you know, it's just like flood. And I was like, oh, wow, oh, wow. And it was just like, wow, wow. And then just a little whisper, go apologize to your son. And I was like, okay, I'm going and, and so, it, so in 30 seconds, 45 seconds, everything changed in that one little area. That was the ripe tomato that God was working at, that thing right there. And so I stand up. I open the door and my son is reaching for the doorknob. And this hilarious conversation takes place where I go, I'm so sorry. It, no, he's, no, it was me. No, no, it's me. No, it's me. No, no, it's me. No, no, it was really me. No, you don't have to. Oh, I want to move the lawn. No, I'm, you know, it's just like this sort of, just everything was different. And really, I can, in a sense, mark from that day, that minute, our, our relationship changed radically. And to this day, it's, hey, hey, Pops, you want to go get a beer? You want to chat? Hey, you know, let's, we're going to come out. You know, it's, to this day, everything changed. Why? Because of this, because of this other thing too. So, so here's, the, um, here's the, next, the next one. We're going to keep going in Romans. If you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if this is what I did, by the Spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body you live. If by the Spirit. Right? See, I could have gone to counseling for months and months. And maybe not stumbled onto this truth, because when God speaks it, it changes everything. When really smart people speak it, it can change things, but it's like they got to chip away at it. But God can just move the whole thing out in 30 seconds. Now, I may have needed to then go to some wise person or a counselor and say, okay, I have thought this way forever. Help me transform my mind. Okay, that's Romans 12. But we're in Romans 8, where Holy Spirit works with us to make fast changes, breakthroughs in our lives in areas that we can't break through. And that's just an example, but I could give you thousands, literally thousands of examples, because that's what, that's what this book is all about. That's how we, how we help each other to do that. Um, so, um, so if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What is one evidence that you are a Christian? This, if we're being led by the Spirit of God, we are sons of God. No, there's lots of evidence. This is the only one, but that's for you've not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. The Spirit Himself cries out, "Abba!" He testifies with our spirit, "You are children of God and heirs." Okay, and so this is how Paul says 
we are to walk out everything he talked about from Romans 1 up until Romans 8b. Okay? He says, look, this is how you put all of that into play in your life. That's how it works. And, and the Holy Spirit will help us to put these things to death. Not work them through, not, but just give it away. Let it die. Let it go. God's, um, God's plan for us is not to make us stronger and stronger. It's to kill us so that he can be stronger and stronger in us. It's this odd Christian thing, but it works really well. It worked really well in that thing. And so, so just like they didn't take the promised land all at once, it says there'd be too many animals, you take it little by little. And so we have a land of promises within us. And one of the promises is, I'm gonna change you to be like me. You're gonna walk like me, talk like me, do miracles like me. Jesus said, I do nothing out of myself, but only that which I hear the Father saying currently. That's, what I, that's how I live. And he said, now, it's better that I go to the Father because if I didn't go, you'd just have me. But because I go, he'll send the Holy Spirit so that you can live like I live. That is you can learn to do nothing out of yourself, out of your own initiative, out of your own intelligence, out of, out of our own lack. But we can live in this way that we depend, we walk led by the Spirit, if by the Spirit, sensing a sense of being childhood, setting our minds on the Spirit. So this is Paul's steps in how to do that. So, so what hit you out of that? What I've just said so far, just just kind of popcorn. What's one thing where you go, wow, that was, or what about this? Let's just take a couple of minutes and just stop. Any thoughts? Who's going to be the first icebreaker? Yes, sir. Well, I found in my life that the concept of spirit of slavery is something I struggle with an awful lot. I mean, I want, I want to be a slave to righteousness, but I find myself a slave to evil. Yeah. I have that kind of in my life, back and forth and back and forth. Uh-huh. Like the Romans 7 when he talks about, I want this. Well, I end up doing that. I don't want that. I end up doing that. Yeah. It's a real struggle. Yep. Yep. Good. Thank you. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a, a huge thing, that me, not me thing. Because identity is going to be key. Jen's going to take us through an identity kind of an exercise in one of the weeks. Any other thoughts? Don't scratch your nose. I almost called on you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Well, through him, you can be a good father. I can be. And, and that's true for all of us. Uh huh. There's something uh, like I'm a daughter of uh, Bob Ewing, and there's times when I think I have really screwed up uh, in my life, and that I'm not worthy of something. But that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, it takes us a lot of years to kind of work. Sometimes it can take us a long time to work that through because it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so it you know so true. And then I need to I, I apply it here, and then he reminds me to apply it here, and I'm I'm just about ready to you know a week ago, I'm in a hotel no maybe a couple months ago I'm in a hotel in Atlanta and it's a cold shower, and I'm like. You know, so I call the front desk, hey, my shower's cold. There's this kind of 
seven rings and there's this harried voice that says, I'll send somebody, right? I'll send maintenance. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm getting hot. I mean, I'm just, look, I'm a business guy. I've got a meeting with the director of water and sewer for the city of Atlanta. I'm an important guy. You know, we need, you know, this is an expensive hotel. You know, come on. You know, I'm just thinking all that. So finally I get hot enough to take a cold shower, right? Because <laughs> nobody ever, nobody ever showed up. So I took a, I took a cold shower and I said, I'm going to go downstairs and give them a piece of my mind. So I go downstairs and there's a bunch of people giving her a piece of their mind. And, and there's this, this young African-American woman and she's, yes, yes, just, you know, and she's just, all on at the desk and I'm like fine I'll give you a piece of mine after breakfast so I go over to the breakfast thing and I'm sitting there eating and and my mind is set on the flesh there is just no physically on the, there's just no question about it and I see on the TV huge fire on Reese Way and I I look at it and I go <laughs> and I literally spit my coffee out all over and I go that was so obvious. I mean, it was just like, really? And, and it's like God has this amazing sense of humor. And he, I almost heard him say, some days you need a two by four. You know, it's just like, and I said, I am so sorry. And, I, and so immediately my mind turned. And so when I went to the front desk, I said to her, I said, man, you have had a tough day. I, I couldn't have done what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. I just want to tell you, you know, I, I, I was watching how you were handling people. Nice job. She starts crying. She goes, are you Mr. Reese? I said, yeah. She goes, look, I'm going to give you a free night and free parking. Thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, there's bennies in this. <laughs> there's bennies in this. But, uh, but and so as, as I'm walking out, the Holy Spirit quotes scripture and says, what is desirable in a man is his kindness. And I'm just like, and then he goes, my man. See, and to me, it was like radical change in me with this weird interaction with God who uses circumstances and words and thoughts and scripture. And, you know, uh, but, but when I realize I'm walking with Holy Spirit and there is this flow, even when there is no way I want to get in the flow, somehow he finds a way to pull us in because he's a great dad. Great God great friend. And so, so uh, some of you could tell stories. So anybody else have a comment about these scriptures, what they mean to them? Or thought? Yeah, Jeannie? What jumped out at me is the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Wow, why would you not yeah. want that? I mean, it, it yeah. is. It brought peace to your day. Yeah, it sure did. How you started out. It did. It brought peace to my gate. So uh, I'm just, I'm like three minutes from done. So 27 years ago, I was a young elder. And that is an oxymoron, but I was a moron, so it worked just fine. And I had four young children trying to be an elder. It's like, <laughs> you know, what, what were you thinking? Um, and, uh, and, and these scriptures bothered me, and other scriptures like um, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. And you go, well, that can't be me. You know, it's just, I wonder how you do that. Or pray for one another, if anyone sins... Um, pray for one another, that you confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you might be healed. And I'm going, okay. Or the weapons of our, of our warfare are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And I thought, I don't know how to do any of that. And, and I'm supposed to be an elder. And so it's, it's kind of worked like this. You know, someone would say to me, hey, you know, can we get together? I need to talk. You know, I'm really struggling. And, and I'd be cool and calm on the outside. But on the inside, that, that was me. You know, I'm just like, God, oh God. You know, it, it, because... 
and so about that time, 27 or so years ago, I started to become an observer of how God wants to work with us by the Spirit to do that stuff in Romans 8, but also help others to do that stuff in Romans 8. How do we bring that about? How do we do that in real practical ways? You know, this might be Starbucks where <clears throat> she says some hard thing and she's wondering, what did I say on Oprah? Because we all feel just this little nap. So it sort of works like this. <clears throat> I have needs and all my friends have needs too. Scripture says that I, by the Spirit, can change and I can help other people to change, but I feel pretty inept. I, I, I've, I feel like I don't know how to do that in my own life and I don't have the tools you know, I think, do I need to be a counselor? I mean, what? What? I don't have the tools to do that in my own life. And so how do I start? And so we were looking for something um, over these years that had these things. Remember how, how the Red Cross Alice wants everybody to know first aid? It's like everybody should know bleeding, breathing, CPR, and when to call a specialist, right? And we're saying, well, that's what God wants of us. He wants us to be competent to counsel, it says in Romans 15 at the end, each other. Competent to say, let's go to the Lord together. Not because I'm so smart, but because I've learned how to go with someone and turn our minds on the Holy Spirit. To set our minds on God and to ask God questions. And that's stretching for all of us, right? I'm sitting on the porch and saying, Jesus, what about? Yep, thank you. Thank you, Siri. Um, you know, what about? And so that stretches us, but we're going to learn how to be stretched in a way that's comfortable. So in this class, we're going to put the puzzle pieces together to explore the beliefs that hinder us, to create a framework out of Scripture that, that we can use, that, that is simple to get our hands around to understand. And then um, we're going to do some practice. We're going to do things in here so that we can take the mystery out of it, the, the hardness out of it. It's like, okay, we're going to practice CPR on dummies. Okay, so we're going to, oh, never mind. Some of you, no, we're going to practice on each other. No, we're, we're just going to, Jen's got some exercises that are, that are incredible. So that's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to end. And I think that's it. So any last thought? And Mike, you're sitting up front. With, okay, yeah. Any, any last thoughts where we're going. There will be handouts. If you want a book, grab one. If you have $10, fine. If not, I'll trust you to pay me later or not pay me later. Um, we're really cool with it. Um, any last? Okay, Mike? All right. Um, here's what I want to encourage each of you to do. Um, you know, it's easy to come to a Bible class, and as long as we're staying abstract, it's, it's cool. So when we start, when he just said at the end, we're going to do some practices, some of you, it's alarm went up. I know it did. But what is he going to ask me to do? Is he going to ask me to do things in front of other people? And then, and here's what I want to ask you to do. Listen to the Spirit. Now, I've never had the Spirit talk to me like I've talked to John here before. But he's prompted me, and he's encouraged me, and... and uh, and, and I want you to, to stay tuned into that. Also, over the course, when, when God, when the Spirit starts making progress in your life, Satan's going to put struggles or stumbling blocks in front of you to keep you away from this class. Now, if you choose to go into another class today, we know you don't love the Lord, so you can go on over there. <laughs> Let me turn off the mic, hey. <laughs> that was the chairman of the elders. That's, that's fine. That's, I'm not 
I'm just saying is if, if you decide this is where you want to be in class, and we you get down the process, anytime the spirit starts making progress in your life, Satan rises to the occasion. And what I'm here to tell you, our attendance always goes down midway through to the end of the semester. Always. And I don't think it's just a coincidence. So what I want to encourage us to do is let's hang in there. Let's pray for one another. Let's encourage one another. We're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. But all we want you to do is to experience the Holy Spirit. That's it. Whether you do it up here or you do it out there or ever how, it's the greatest thing in the world. And we want all of you to experience it. And I've experienced what they wrote about in this book <coughs> personally. And I've sat with people. Andy and I pray with people together. I've watched it happen. So I want to encourage you to stick with it and don't let Satan discourage you. Okay? If anybody did not get a chance to sign this, uh, I'll have it right up here. Okay? Okay, grab a book. Bless you. Bye.